what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Foot Candle Films. Film news and reviews from two guys who really like movies. This episode is brought to you by the Foot Candle Film Society. For a schedule of upcoming screenings and membership information, visit the Society's website at www.footcandle.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on TheMesh.TV. I'm Alan. And I'm Chris. And we're glad to have you here with us for our ongoing podcast where we talk about movies. Typically, we have some good film reviews. We'll follow that up with some movie news discussion. And then we always end up our episode with our recommendations of the episode. That would be a film that we think you ought to check out, hopefully online or maybe still in theaters. It's maybe not getting the love it should or needs to be uh, have some reminder to you. So, Chris, this is a tough time of the year. Yes, it is. This is actually from a film going standpoint. This is like the worst possible season of the year. Don't you agree? <laughs> yeah, there's this set, you know, the, the desert of yeah. nothing really coming out and you're waiting, you're anticipating. If you're big on the popcorn movies, you got the summer. That's right. fun. Holidays when big award movies come out. So really you've got your right in the middle of spring and you're right in the middle of fall, kind of your two worst times. And I think the fall may actually be a little bit worse because at least in the spring, we're still getting some of the award films that maybe are starting to pick up some some attention after they got their awards in February. Right. Here, we're really just waiting. Yep. So I'll go ahead and be honest with you guys listening to it. And we only have one film to review. That's true. Because honestly, we've only really watched one film recently <laughs> that's worth talking about. And there's just not a lot of other options. So what we're going to do with this episode is we're going to review a film called Blue Jay. And if you're kind of raising your eyebrow a little bit, wondering what this film is about, don't worry. We'll tell you all about it. It is one available online, and we're going to talk a little bit about the even the distribution of this film later on in the episode as well. But it's written by Mark Duplass, starring uh, Mark Duplass and Sarah Paulson. So we'll talk about that film in a moment. We'll follow that with some news and our recommendations. So we may go a little heavier on the news because we got some time to kill with this since we just have the one review this time. Right. We gotten ourselves so used to Chris to having two or three movie reviews. This is <laughs> going to be like an odd episode for us. So let's just go ahead and jump right into our one review. If that's okay with you. Yeah, that'll work. Let's do that. Let's talk about the film that you can now find on iTunes and Amazon and other places. It's the film blue Jay. Amanda. What? Would you like to have some fun tonight? <laughs> It's never really been like it was with us. It's almost like I don't know who that person was. I remember her really well. Things are just kind of changing now. I should be happy. Do you trust me? Well, now I'm scared. What are you going to do? Chris, we do a... I've noticed we have a little bit of a trend and I think it's like a pattern. Maybe we need to have like a special patented part of the show where okay. it's the can whole we, idea. If we patent it, we can make money off it. So I'm all about Maybe that. <laughs> I'm not expecting this to be a lot of money involved, but uh, imagine okay. a little jingle where Chris and Alan don't know what film to review. Hmm. So Chris and Alan pull up iTunes, Chris and Alan look at the iTunes list of recent discoveries or new independent films and say, huh, that one sounds interesting. Let's watch that one. We did this with the phenom few months ago we did that was kind of our okay we've got nothing to review let's look on itunes and we found the phenom and we were both really surprised it was actually yeah. one of your favorite films of the year yeah. or at least in the running for it mm -hmm. as of the time of our recording of that show 
So we did that again with Blue Jay. So we need to have like a little jingle that every time <laughs> you and I just go on iTunes and just spin the wheel and say, yeah, that looks good. Right. So the film Blue Jay, I think the thing that stood out for us and caused us to want to watch it and review it is it is written by Mark Duplass, starring Mark Duplass. Right. Now, Chris, you strike me as a Mark Duplass fan. Well, interesting you say that. Okay. Because when we were kind of weighing our options as to what movie we were going to pick, you're like, oh, yeah, has Mark Duplass. I like Mark Duplass. And I was like, really? And then you're like, okay. And we settled on this film. Yeah. I, you're, you're right. I, I am a Mark Duplass fan. We have reviewed uh, The One I Love yes. in the past. And which we both liked. Which we both liked. You liked it more than me? I did. I think, yes. I think I'm pretty sure I liked it more yeah. than you. I have also recommended two Mark Duplass films on this show yes. before, Creep mm-hmm. and Safety Not Guaranteed. Correct. Safety Not Guaranteed, which you saw and were not as big on as I was. I was not, but now did he, I know he didn't direct it, uh, even though he started it. Did he write that? See, I don't think he wrote that. I think he just acted in it. I'm not sure. And I didn't have a problem with him as an actor in that film. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, you strike me as, okay, you're a Mark Duplass fan, so here's my hey. question for oh, you on yeah. this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a film here called Blue Jay, where it's really is just about two people. It's Mark Duplass and then Sarah Paulson, who you may know from American Horror Story and some other things. An actress I really like, by the way, even going okay. into this film. Okay. And the, 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 the description of the film is meeting by chance when they return to their tiny California hometown, two former high school sweethearts reflect on their shared past. That's it. I started looking at the trailer for this and reading about it. it kind of got me a little bit of a before sunrise, before sunset vibe to it as far as a extended night of two people kind of catching up or getting to know each other a little bit. It's shot in black and white. It stars two actors that I generally liked and sounds interesting. So let me ask you, did this bolster your Mark Duplass fan club status at all or <laughs> did it actually bring it down somewhat? Because please note, he not only starred in it, he also wrote it. And right. I'm pretty sure he probably had some sort of production let's, side of it, too. Let's talk about writing. Okay. Okay. This is on IMDb as a trivia, of which it shouldn't be trivia at this point with Mark Duplass. Trivia. There was no script. <laughs> the actors were given a summary of the movie and their characters, and the rest was improvisation. Okay. Anybody who's watched Mark Duplass movies, such as Creep, um, I think Safety Not Guaranteed, I don't think was by him. I think somebody else directed that. But definitely Creep, Your Sister's Sister, The Puffy Chair, mm-hmm. um, all of which I've seen. Like he has this, you know, there's the whole mumblecore movement. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like they have ideas. Um, Hump Day is another one. Right, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so some of which he directed, some of which he just starred in. But still, it's that whole mumblecore movement. Um the fact that they would list that as a trivia, like the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, I wonder if he wrote this. Sure enough, at the end titles, it's like he wrote it. And I'm like, okay, did he write it or did he just improvise it? Mm-hmm. Now, that, well, I've got a whole theory on this, but go that, ahead. That being said, I would think at this point, you know, I've already listed off a bunch of Mark Duplass movies. I say I like him. I would think at this point I would be done with Mark Duplass improvised movies or that are loosely scripted. Mm-hmm. I would think I would be done with them. Mm-hmm. And you reading the plot description like you did, you know, everybody out there could be like, oh, this is not, you know, especially people who might be familiar with it and be like two people talking, oh, two people talking for oh, an hour and, and a half. they're like meeting and it's like, oh, it's a Duplass. Like they could totally just write this off and say, there's no reason for me to watch it. If you don't like improvised stuff, especially things that you can tell may have been, then maybe this isn't for you. I really like this movie and considering the simple conceit behind it. 
I actually wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. Yeah. Um, because it's just so bare bones. It's just two people talking. It just seems like you've seen more Hollywoodized versions of this hundreds of It's almost like a dozen romantic comedies you could think of. And this isn't a comedy, by the way. I mean, it does have some little yeah. funny things in sure. it, but it's more of just a straight out drama. Mm-hmm. Still, this idea has been done over and over again. It's just this was an independent film version of it. And I, I, I liked it. Do I think it's like a standout of the year for me? No, mm-hmm. but that's okay. You know, I, I still liked it. Um, I will say something that I was not expecting, which has nothing to do with Mark Duplass and nothing. I'm not really familiar with the director. I'm not sure if this was like first yeah, or second Alexander Lehman. And I think he's also kind of responsible because it is, you know, it's one of those typical Duplass type films where it's a very small crew. Mm-hmm. I think the director also was pretty much the cinematographer and the, for the yeah. most part, I was not expecting the amount of cinematography and kind mm-hmm. of the shot composition. I mean, yeah, it was in black and white, which I think was an interesting choice, but I think helped separate it from other Duplass joints that yeah. have been of this ilk. Um, for example, sister, sister, it's like you're in a cabin mm-hmm. with these three individuals this time. Um, but still, and there's dynamics going on there with that. This was basically stuck kind of in a house with these two individuals. I mean, they walk around town for a little bit, but then after they meet up, they basically go to a house and sit there and talk and stuff. Yeah. Um, so some of the cinematography and the shots kind of surprised me at how well-crafted they were. Because I figure mm-hmm. for a movie like a Duplass movie, a lot of times it's a lot looser because yeah. the script is loose, the writing is loose, the acting it's is loose. a little bit of handheld, a little bit more cinema verite, just kind of be there, not really worry about the cinematography too much. Yeah. Right. Interesting. So, um, which, which I've kind of revealed a lot of my thoughts about it. What are, well, what are your right. feelings? Let me, let me go backwards on okay. things, okay? Let me just kind of sum up a thought I've got about this film. Sure. And then I'll lead up to how I really felt about it. Okay. Um, it seems like to me, I wanted to touch on the writing as well, because I agree with you. I don't feel like there was any writing. Other than, I almost get the impression, and tell me if you feel this way about Duplass stuff in general. Okay. The writing is basically one moment. It's like... I'm building a film around one moment mm-hmm. and I'm going to lead to that one moment. It's like they have the ending and then they work backwards from it. I know I want a movie that has this scene in it. Mm-hmm. Then how do we build up from that scene? We can improvise to get there, but the goal is we get to that scene we get to that moment. We get to this plot point. I felt that way with the one we, the one I love. Oh man. No, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I thought I, I, I liked it. I liked it. It's just, I do think they, it was all built up to this one kind of element to it. And I do feel like they were kind of pacing themselves to get to this moment. I, I, I can agree. I think that has so much like, it's so layered and complicated. It's a deeper movie. I think there it's probably would have been a little bit film. more writing, but I, I see what yeah. you, I see what you're saying. But I do think in general, I almost get the impression with Blue Jay, it was Mark Duplass is sitting around and he's got a notebook that he keeps ideas for films in. I think I think I've heard that something like this is actually the case well, that he yeah. does kind of have like and it's like here's my idea yeah. and I'm not going to say what the final scene of this film is or the one that I feel like he's being building up to, but I think he's written that down and says I want a scene where these this two happens. people this happens. Okay, so how do I get to that point? How do I build something that's going to build and make that scene impactful? And that's what I feel like Blue Jay is. Now, that being said, I really like this movie. I thought it was really, really good. 
And it's not from a writing standpoint because I don't think it's a written film. Actually, the part of it that felt the most written was the end scene. And it's my least favorite of the whole film. I agree. The end scene, this is going to sound weird. Yeah, the end scene was also my least favorite scene. But where they cut the end scene oh, no, was I agree. awesome. The moment, the ending moment of the film was great. The timing of the ending. Right. It's just the whole last 10 minutes. Agree. I felt like was the most overscripted part of the film. And it didn't work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a little bit of a letdown after about an hour of 10 minutes of what I thought was just wonderful characterization of two people. I just got to hand it to him from a, I do agree with the cinematography. I thought it was, it was a beautiful film. Beautiful to watch. I mean, there's something about black and white where the film just looks crisper and just, I, I can't describe it, but it just, everything visually worked on the film. Well, and I have a problem sometimes with people using black and white just to make something like, why did they do black and white? Mm-hmm. And for this one, like, um, I couldn't really figure out at first other than the fact, you know, it did the cinematography was helped by it, but I was like, yeah, that's kind of a cheat though. If that's the only visually entertaining thing, but this movie to me was about people looking back memories. and reflecting and memories. Yeah. So the whole black and white thing, it made sense. There's was, there was at least a way you could tie that in. Yeah. I could see that. Um, I just, I love the film because of the natural energy going on with these two characters. And I gotta say, I think Mark Duplass is fine. I, I don't think he did much different than what I've seen him do in a lot of other films. Sarah Paulson though. I mean, I know this is a small film. I know it's not going to get a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. I honestly think this is like an award-winning performance by her. I she's, really felt yeah. like she was that good. She's really good. She was that natural and both charming and devastating at times. And just, yeah. man, I really, really liked. I think, I think the film would have still been fine and something to watch if she wasn't the lead actress playing the part she did. But something about it, she just worked for me really, really, really strong. Um, the two of them together were very good together. Yeah. The pacing of the film I thought was great. I mean, I thought it had a nice kind of slow build up, and then you kind of got into this this rhythm where the two of them are together, and you have a feeling you know where things are going to go, and then it kind of takes a, a big hard hard stop, and you know it, it. I thought the pacing was really well done. Yeah. And I thought the improv was very natural, which it very much seemed like it was ad living and improving these scenes. But it just seems so natural. So when a film, when I feel like I'm actually in the room watching what's going on between two people, Hmm. that works for me. And it doesn't matter if they're talking about paint drying. You know, it's still interesting for me to watch and feel like I'm I'm like really into this relationship. And I guess that's what's strange for me is because going into this movie, having seen, I guess the one that I can really kind of say, okay, this film, Puffy Chair and Your Sister's Sister, they're very much about... To me, they felt very ad-libbing and like like you're talking about, here's a point that we're going to mm-hmm. get to and we're just going to work towards it. And seeing this kind of setup, I was like, I'm not going to be entertained by this mm-hmm. because I already know what I'm getting into. But I was, and I think it just speaks to, I guess, you know, Duplass, he's good enough at this that he picks people that he knows he can bounce off of and they can like give as good as they take. And so, yeah, the chemistry I'm between the two of them mm-hmm. and the ad-lib or whatever they were doing – it worked. And I'm really, I think it is really surprising that it worked as well as it did. And yeah, I think part of it is I knew what I was going to get from Duplass. I had no idea. I'm not familiar with Sarah Paulson. I've heard the yeah. name, mm-hmm. but I'm not really familiar with like her at all. I recognize her face, but like, yeah, I agree. This is something I was like, wow, she's really, 
she's really good. I mean, yeah, yeah. they they perfectly kept her to me. Two people who knew each other really, really well years ago. Yeah. Still kind of know each other, probably a little better than the people they're maybe are surrounded by in their life now do. And it's just, I don't know, it just, it just, the whole thing worked. And I guess, you know, I'm at an age where I'm probably about, you know, just a little bit older than what these characters are. I've got the same kind of distance between my high school years and now. And it's right. like, it just kind of worked. I mean, I just, the, the, the things they're thinking back to and the moments and the memories, I'm like, yeah, I totally get how two people who haven't seen each other, but were so integral to each other's life. Sure. Get back together. How they could honestly have a night with all these memories coming back and all these things that just click back into place. And it was just very natural. I think something, speaking of that, and I think the one sequence that really worked for me, even though I guess it was improv, but I think surely they had to have a little bit of ideas for it, was the um, the dinner scene <laughs> and the anniversary scene, the that mock anniversary scene. scene. Actually, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And like <laughs> the dance with Annie Lennox. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was just very clever. And I think because like, same thing for me, you know, distance wise from these people, the ages they were trying to hit out, it's right in my wheelhouse. And so, yeah, it was just kind of like, um, while we're young with Ben Stiller, a lot of things yeah. that hit on that movie sure. kind of in this way, totally different type of movie, but the fact that it kind of hits my age range and speaks a lot of truths about yeah. high school and about, I don't know. It's, it's just that this was a better movie, but. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Sorry. Rough. I don't need to go down that path. So uh, I, I liked while we're young, just not as much as you do. If not I can recall much. that. Right. So. Right. Well, yeah. So blue Jay, I thought, I thought it was a nice surprise movie. Again, I didn't know what to expect. I just, it was just fun to watch these two people and I, you know, it was just an, it was an enjoyable watch. It was again. Do I wish the ending were a little, a little less scripted, a little less there again. I just, I, I just kept imagining that that's the scene they were shooting for. That's what they're building to. And they get to it. And it just didn't seem like it fit the rest of the movie as much. Here's the thing. Um, you have not seen creep, correct? No. Okay. Um, I think it's kind of cool and it gives a completely, it gives a very nuanced Mark two plus performance that you haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was surprised by that because I thought it was going to kind of be the same type Mark Duplass yeah. unscripted performance I've had everywhere. Um, this, because I'd seen Creep, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, and it's kind of a, it's an unsettling movie. I'll mm-hmm. say that about Creep. Sure. This movie, I was afraid it was going to get odd. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we've, we've alluded to there's like, you know, there's a, the last 10 minutes, there's like something that's revealed. There's something that kind of comes out. I thought it was going to go in a different kind of direction. And I think in a way I would have liked that better if it had been less, not predictable, but just, I don't know, less scripted. You're, you you mm. were saying, and I think I, cause I know that Duplass has that in him. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, in a way I was kind of, kind of let down, but still, still like the film. Well, overall. It, and I do think, and again, I don't fault a film just because I'm clever enough to figure it out where sure. it's going. Sure. You sure. know, I don't fault a film for that. There are films where I'm, I've gotten to a point now where I pick up on hints and clues and notes really, really quick just sure. because that's what I'm doing. I'm watching these films a little bit more with a critical eye. So when they're playing back tapes that they'd recorded, there were some moments in there that away kind of told me, okay, I know what the issue is between this couple. Hmm. So at some point, this is going to come up. I, 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 can, <laughs> I can pick it up right away. Just something that was mentioned and their reactions to how they 
were very unsettled by a certain comment they made in a recording back from 15, 20 years ago. Right. So I guess when it got to the point, it wasn't like, I don't know if they were expecting it to be like a gut punch shock, but it wasn't for me. It was like, yeah, I kind of felt like this is where it was going to go. Hmm. And at that point, I just felt like their dialogue just shifted. It became very scripted. It became very, okay, let's have a very dramatic scene with these two people. And again, that's where it just... It's kind of like I they still, had to figure out a way to end the movie. And so yep. you're like, okay, we'll have this dramatic beat and then we'll kind of wrap things up. Yeah. I agree. The, the final shot in the parking lot was great. Right. The way it ended, the, right. the, the moment there. It's just the build up to that, that last 10 minutes. It's just... It, it did work as well for me. But again, I thought it was a great film. And, you know, hey, for it to be something you can find on iTunes, like basically the, the week it's released to the general public and watch it at your leisure and spend a few bucks to rent it, it's a pretty good deal. I mean, I thought it was a good, a good movie to watch for that situation. So, yeah. yeah. Um, we've done this before. So after the show or whatever, after we do it, I want to do a spoiler for the okay. ending. And yeah. I want to say what... I, I, you know, we're, we're going to fix Blue Jay, even though it's not broken, <laughs> yes. but I'm going to give what I think would have been better. Would have been better? I, I'm <laughs> yeah. anxious to hear that. Something, so I think we but can you know, the movie was still good. I still yeah. recommend it. But. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a nice surprise. I think if this had been one that was getting all this Oscar buzz and you'd heard all about it, all, all of it, and I'd go to see it, then like, eh, it was all right. But the fact that I knew nothing about this, go in, this is just, this is just a helpful hint to all of you listening this is the reason why you try to go into movies with as little expectations or beliefs <laughs> as possible because right. you can find yourself enjoying it so much more. So True. I'll just say that a little public service announcement out there for all of our listeners. Of course, in my movie news, I'm going to be talking about movies that are heavily, heavily anticipated and also <laughs> kind of fighting against my own advice. But a film like this, it really worked nice not knowing anything about it. So. Here's the thing, too. Mm-hmm. I want to see... Mark Duplass, he's been in like Zero Dark Thirty, which was mm-hmm. like, he didn't have a huge role in it, but he was in Zero Dark Thirty. Um, and that was kind of like an Oscar movie. I want to see Mark Duplass like in an Oscar movie because I really like him and I think he'd bring some unusual tone mm-hmm. or something to it. I don't, I don't know. Or like, or I want Mark, maybe he's not interested in doing like a big movie, but I'd like for him to do for him to like write a big movie and be a part of a big movie. Hmm. Cause I think that would be interesting to see like what he would bring to it or yeah, how it would be, be different. You know, you know, I know he had an HBO series. I think it's still running for Is that the league. No, 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 that was on FX or okay, some, which I've never, cable. Watched. I've never either, okay. but he has an HBO show that ah, okay. uh, has just started this past season. I think, and maybe it's going into the second season, but hmm. so, you know, starting out on FX on a, on a basic cable show, kind of going to some of these movies, getting an HBO series now that he's the lead in, eh, you know, you're seeing it slowly elevate the stature a little bit, or at least his recognizability. I'm sure. And it seems like he, he does a lot of work. <laughs> seems yeah. like he's very busy. So good for him, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So that's Blue Jay. And like we said, it is available on iTunes or on Amazon now. I mean, honestly, go rent it now. If you, uh, are in the mood, it's a short movie. It's an hour 20, which is, a, a nice Chris Fry approved right. length. <laughs> That's right. It doesn't um, drag. That was good. Absolutely. All right, Chris. Well, let's uh, let's take a quick break. We come back. Let's do some movie news, and we'll do our recommendations. And since Chris has now requested it, after the recommendations, after we close the show, we will do a little spoiler time 
about Blue Jay and talk about how we would fix it right. if we because, had the opportunity. You know, we get paid to fix movies. Right. This is what we, we're like. Uh, we're consultants for movie right. filmmakers. That's right. right. All right. Stay tuned. You're listening to Foot Candle Films here on The Mesh, and we'll be right back. We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Find out more at themesh.tv and give us feedback on what you like. And now, as promised, back to your show. Welcome back to Foot Candle Films here on TheMesh.TV. My name is Alan. Chris is across the table from me. Yes. We just finished our review of Blue Jay, a film you can check out on iTunes or Amazon now, streaming. And we may have a little bit more to talk about that film a little bit later in the news, or definitely after the episode's over, we'll do a little spoiler-filled discussion about the ending of the film. So, Chris, we move into our movie news. This is where you and I both just kind of Doing some combing through the interwebs, we find some interesting uh, movie-related news that we want to share with one another and get some feedback reaction to. I'm going to start us off. Uh, actually, you know what? You know, you've got more news items than okay. I do. I'm going to let you kick it off. Uh, I'm used to kicking it off, but I think in recent episodes, you've actually been bringing more news to the table <laughs> than me. This is awesome. So why don't you go ahead and go first with your first item? So we did a bigger segment last time on we called it trailer park although we thought that was probably copyrighted somewhere probably copyrighted somewhere else so we're um, not claiming ownership of the title trailer park in any way shape or form absolutely but um i do have sadly only one trailer that i saw purely by chance um but i have to say i'm surprised because i'm not going to tell you the name of it yet i want to see if you can guess it okay and then tell me why okay well, no. Okay, this trailer I don't think has any dialogue, mm-hmm. and it is set to a song, and it has convinced me that I'm actually going to like a superhero movie that's going to come out. What trailer am I talking about? Can you um, guess? Okay, well, first off, let me just verify. Does the trailer have any dialogue, or is it just minimal dialogue? Uh, I, okay. Because I think I know which one you're I've talking about. I've only watched it once. I think it's minimal. It's it may minimal. have some, some words in it, yeah. And would it be minimal. a Johnny Cash version of a Nine Inch Nails song? <laughs> yes, eh, it would ding, be. ding, ding for the win. Uh, Logan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, there again, we've talked about trailers before and how they can mislead you or get you excited. Um, specifically this time, as you mentioned, what pulled me in? was they were using a Johnny Cash song, which was a cover of Nine Inch Nails song, Hurt, that I really like. Mm-hmm. Similar to how when they used Radiohead's Creep for Social Network, or they used the Smashing Pumpkins, Beginning is the End is the Beginning, or whatever, for the Watchmen movie. Oh, yeah. those That music just kind of so worked with that trailer. It was like its own little movie, and the movies could have never come out, and it would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and maybe Watchmen would have been better if it hadn't come out. But, but all that being said, like, yeah, I, you know, another Wolverine movie, another accident, you know, whatever, but man, that music just seems to work. And I know the movie is apparently based on a kind of book storybook line that came out about, you know, Logan and all this. It's called a old man Logan. Okay. Which kind of works with the whole hurt feeling beaten down Mm -hmm. on but man, oh, I, I could totally I to geek say. out on the trailer. If you <laughs> okay. I mean, it, it's, I'm, I'm excited. I think I actually want to see the movie. So James Mangold, who's directing this film, okay. also did the last Wolverine movie, which was called the Wolverine. 
Did you ever see that one? I did. He went over to Japan. Japan. Yeah. It was the better of a Wolverine movie. I know there's been two other ones, and the first one was really, really bad. And then the X-Men movies have also just kind of deteriorated. Sure. I thought the Wolverine was pretty good. You never even saw Apocalypse. No, I have not. <laughs> good for if you. If it's on HBO or something, I'll catch it. But <sighs> yeah. I would um, watch So when I heard they were making another Wolverine movie and they were going to be basing it off the story, it's a aged Wolverine. He's older. He's actually losing his healing power, hmm. which is why you saw a lot of pain and agony with him because basically he's not healing anymore. Gotcha. And it does take place in the future, kind of an apocalyptic version of the future okay. where other heroes and mutants and all are gone. Hmm. He's trying to lead a very quiet, simple life. And anyway, uh, it's hmm. a very popular story. Okay. And I saw the trailer. I was skeptical when I heard it was coming out, saw the trailer. I'm like, yep, the trailer totally nails it. Whether the film does or not, we'll see. But it worked. I'm just excited about the fact that they didn't even feel the need to put the superhero's name in the title of the movie. Yeah, it's just no that, to me, is hopefully resonating of something that they're willing to take this a little more seriously yeah. and do something a little bit more skillful than just putting a whole bunch of people in giant robot costumes or suits or whatever and have a big CGI closing. That was the problem with the Wolverine, hmm. is that the movie was great until like the last 20 minutes, and that turned into a big giant robot samurai fighting him in like a giant laboratory and it just lost it all so i want a very serious film off of the story and i so far it looks like they'll do it but you know it looks like you may get that film i hope so and it's going to be rated r also so which is another thing they're following the deadpool model of oh hey rated r superhero movies can make money so maybe let's go that route so Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm I'm with you. It looks really, really interesting. Um, I hope they keep that same quality of what they showed in the trailer. Yeah, yeah. me too. Okay. Hmm. Well, since you brought up a trailer, and it's a superhero-related trailer, and since Blue Jay is the exact opposite of a superhero <laughs> movie, I feel like we can, we can balance out the show a little bit. Okay. Uh, another trailer, actually a teaser trailer, came out for a film that I'm personally very much excited about. I'm thinking you probably will too, because I think you liked the first one quite a bit. Hmm. And that's Guardians of the Galaxy. So there's another Guardians of the Galaxy coming out next year. Right. So a really short trailer, teaser trailers come out. It's one of the ones they release when they don't really have a lot of footage to show yet. Hmm. But just enough quick glimpses to let you know it's coming. The same style and tone are going to be kept intact. It's going to be fun, blah, blah, blah. Hmm. So it's James Gunn still directing and writing the films, just like the first one. Gotcha. Same cast, same style of the film. I mean, the shots that we do see, the the quick bits of dialogue all seem very much, yep, they're just continuing the same tone and style as the first one. And they don't give you any hint of what the story is going to be? Nope, not a bit. This is one of those where there's no plot mentioned at all. It's just... Quick flash of one of the characters, quick flash of another character, quick flash of another one. And then they had one moment of dialogue between two of the characters at the end of the trailer. Hmm. That's it. No plot, no big picture what's going on. But just to let you know, don't worry. The film's going to be, if you like the first one, this is going to be just like the first one. So um, I'm excited because I really did like is the first one. Is it a one. summer release? I think next summer, okay. summer 2017. So we're about you know seven months away okay. or so. Um hmm. I'm excited. I'm glad James Gunn is back doing it again because I think his sensibility probably made that first one so much fun and a little more unique Mm -hmm. than the other superhero movies that were coming out at the time. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It should be fun. 
And while I'm on the topic, before I kick it back over to you. Okay. Let's just go ahead and do the superhero trifecta and get it out of the way. Okay. So there was an announcement just this week about Deadpool 2. Okay. And we knew there was going to be a second. Well, one yeah, you kind of knew with as much, so much money, money as they made. And actually, they even like refer to a sequel at the end of the first movie. Right. Well, the director, though, who was going to be the director, same director from the first movie, um, stepped away from the movie just this really? week. Basically saying because of creative differences with Ryan Reynolds about the film. Really? So he has walked away from the film. They have not started shooting yet. Huh. But uh, supposedly they had a script. They were looking pretty good to go. And now he's walking away from it. The hmm. rumor is, and again, I hate saying rumor, but I think it's interesting to kind of understand more how these uh, director versus star creative differences can kind of come about. Hmm. Supposedly, Ryan Reynolds and one of the screenwriters wanted the film to have the same kind of lower budget, smaller indie type of feel that the first one did. Huh. Just, Even though they could probably have a bigger budget yes. and everything. Okay. They wanted to keep it small. They wanted to keep it that same irreverence tone and small budget that the first one did, relatively speaking, compared to other big superhero movies. Hmm. And the director, rumored again, wanted to go bigger, wanted to go bigger budget, wanted to go bigger film. And that's the creative differences now that have broken apart. Hmm. You you saw Deadpool? I did. And I you did. you you liked it. I did like it. You um, were, I think, pleasantly more surprised by it, if I remember correctly. I was, yeah, I was. You know, I, I didn't think I'd like it at all. I didn't want to see it for the longest time because I was like, mm-hmm. it just looks irritating. I don't think I'm going to like it at all. I got annoyed by all the overhyped marketing and yeah. everything. But I was let down by when they tried to have the bigger budget ending on mm-hmm. a small budget because Same here. I mean, maybe that was their purpose was to say like, yeah, we don't have any money, so we're just going to use really cheap special effects and yeah. laugh at that and see how it's not expensive. But it just... Just kind of annoying. I felt like I think you've mentioned on the show how you felt like it was a cop out where they're trying to be all mm-hmm. turn all the conventions on their head, yet they have a convention. They still end the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie just like any other superhero <laughs> movie did. Yeah, I agree. So, which makes me, you know, not really see how they can have a sequel that's not going to be, a, you know, I don't well, know. Well, they need to have a sequel that's very meta about the fact that it's a sequel. Yeah. You know, and just commenting on all the tropes of a superhero sequel. And how they're going to try to subvert all those. I mean, kind that's like what you want. 22 Jump Street? Yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> Just have fun with it. Have fun with the fact that superhero sequels, everybody knows what to expect. So you got to go into this and give people not what they're expecting at all. Right. Um, I just thought it was interesting. And I... I, I I'm always fascinated when a film can go into production and then just falls apart mm-hmm. because somebody leaves or somebody else has got a creative difference with someone. And I'm always fascinated, like what's going on behind the scenes that kind of spurs those. And I could see that being an issue with this film. If Ryan Reynolds, who granted, he's not the director, but he is a producer on the film. He really kind of helped make the film come about in the first place. Right. And I um, can't see how they could make another Deadpool film without him because he was so, I don't know. A lot of people after the film came out and they saw like, oh, he was born to play Deadpool instead of playing Green Lantern, which he tried to do and was not a good movie. So, (laughs) So, you know, it's it's uh, I'm sure from a studio perspective, hey, if Ryan Reynolds wants to keep the the film small and he wants to do it. And of course, the smaller the budget and if we still make money like we did the first one, we're going to be rolling in it. Right. I'm sure the studio is probably very appreciative of that. Ryan Reynolds can retire at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Again, pretty crazy how. 
Ryan Reynolds was in so many films that just did nothing. Did go in nowhere. And now you do one that's a very unexpected hit, and it just became a worldwide sensation. Yeah. Doing a sequel, it's going to make tons of money. Oh, yeah. So he's, he's pretty It'll well set It'll make tons now. of money, even if it's not good, because all the people that love the first film will go see it in yeah. that first weekend or whatever. That's right. So. Yeah. I just so, thought some interesting news there with that. You, you have any desire to see a Deadpool sequel? I will wait to see if anyone says it's any good. Just like I waited to see the first one because I yeah. think in a way there was, you know, it was, I did find some of it clever, but I'm afraid it would be kind of like the Austin Powers movies where you find the first one clever or funny and then they just kind of redo the same thing it's over retreading and over again. It, it doesn't work. So yeah. I would have to hear like, oh, Deadpool is, you know, the second one is good. Don't, you know, don't worry. It's still really good. You know, they were able to keep the freshness of the first mm. one. So, I would not, I am not excited for a sequel. I will wait and see. Okay. So. Fair enough. And I'm kind of saying, way. again, I, I wasn't really clamoring to see the first one in the first place. I went to go see it and it was fine. I enjoyed the first half of the film a lot more. Sure. So we'll see what happens with the second one. Chris, do you have something else for us to talk about movie related? Well, I was going to, we were going to circle back okay. and talk a little bit about, so we mentioned, you know, Blue Jay. We thought it was, you know, we talked about it. We liked it. So what struck me, and we're gonna we've talked about movie distribution before mm-hmm. on this podcast, and how we, movies get to the general public, right? Through we what know methods? Now yeah. you can go to iTunes, you mm-hmm. can see our video on demand. There are these ways that you can see movies as they're hitting theaters, or maybe like you know not long after they do hit theaters. So mm-hmm. it's just interesting thing. Well, recently. Well, Netflix has started doing original content. They had The Ridiculous Six from Adam Sandler, which gracefully I have not seen. Mm-hmm. Um, they had some other Adam Sandler movies, I think, that were also original on Netflix. Then, starting with, I think, Fundamentals of Caring, the Paul Rudd film that I mm-hmm. recommended, mm-hmm. it was like, that was an original, and it was actually good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. cool. So I was like, and Netflix has had documentaries that have come to Netflix that were good. Well, so you and I agreed to see Blue Jay. I hit play. I start watching it. And what's the first thing that pops up on the screen? Hulu? The whole... Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. Netflix. <laughs> the whole boom, boom. Mm-hmm. Netflix. Like, I'm like, wait a second. I just paid to see this. Yeah. I did Rent the same this from thing. iTunes. <laughs> I have a Netflix account. And so I had heard that Netflix, you know, they are starting to do more original material. And I'd forgotten, heard but forgotten, that they actually do have some kind of deal with Mark Duplass where he is going to do hmm. a certain Oh, really? Number. Yeah. I didn't and know I'd that. forgotten about that until I saw that logo. I'm like, wait, is this the first of those? Okay. So I'm just kind of surprised, confused, mm-hmm. and possibly a little irritated that it's a Netflix film, but yet they're getting money for it first and then they're going to dump it in Netflix. I mean, I, yeah. you know, how, how did, how did you feel? Well, I was, just, <laughs> I, as soon as I saw the, the logo pop up, I paused right away and looked over at Suzanne. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like, was this on Netflix? <laughs> and I immediately pulled up my phone, did a search on Netflix. It's like, okay, it's not on Netflix. Not on Netflix. So even though it says Netflix, just like it does everywhere else on Netflix, mm-hmm. it's not a Netflix film yet. Well, I mean, it's, yet. it's not on the Netflix service. It did bother me. And it bothered me because, I understand what Netflix is trying to do. They have some films that they want to have uh, be eligible for award consideration. They have to go hit theaters. Right. I think uh, uh, Beast of uh, Beast of No Nation was Beast that, of No Nation was that was that way. situation. We, and we it was a film they released, but right. they had to put it out in theaters in order for it to have any award consideration. Right. If you just release it through the service, it technically is not eligible for big Oscar awards. 
Right. So I get that. I get the understanding of having it online and in theaters. I don't understand if you're a company that your whole service is we provide movies for our subscribers, except for this one. This one we're going to put over on iTunes and charge $4.99 a rental. Yes, I know it'll eventually make its way to Netflix, but it's just I, – I almost wish they would have a spinoff brand. It's like Netflix Direct or well, Netflix something else just to let people know, all right, you're a Netflix subscriber, but this is something we're doing as an offshoot. Well, so, and yeah. I understand Netflix started out and all they were was like an online blockbuster. And then they started doing original content. They started with um, shows, Orange is the New Black, House of Cards, you know, all that mm-hmm. stuff. And then they've shifted now to um, movies, narrative mm-hmm. movies and documentaries. I get that. I think what I wish is that I don't, I don't care that they put stuff on iTunes. I just wish it could be on Netflix first to yeah. reward their subscribers who are giving them the money. Yeah. And then make it available on iTunes for people who don't have Netflix. Well, that's why I say it would make me feel better if they had that little sub-brand that's Maybe related to Netflix, but has a whole different name to it. Yeah. It just at least makes me feel like, okay, yeah, they're not ripping off our network subscribers by not right. showing us this film yet. Right. They have another reason to put it out there. but um, And a reason why, and here's a, another instance where I'm sad because, because um, Hulu apparently got the rights and is doing everything with the Beatles, Eight mm-hmm. Days a Week, the touring mm-hmm. years. I really want to see that. But you can go see it, I guess, on if you have a subscription to Hulu. And I, you know, I will, and I don't, but I'm hoping at some point, and I guess they will eventually put it on um, iTunes so that you can rent it because I want to see it. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, that's sad. I feel like what are a lot of really good films are being isolated to individual services instead of ways people can get a hold of it without having to have a subscription, which I would hate to think going forward, the only movies that you can see generally available in a theater are going to be the big blockbusters and anything that's not a big blockbuster is going to be divvied out to Netflix, Amazon or Hulu. And you have to have a subscription to see it. Mm -hmm. That would, that would make me sad. I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to have like six subscriptions. I don't see it getting better. (laughs) I mean, I really don't. It's frustrating for me right now. I mean, I'm an Apple TV user. I really try to base everything I do with an Apple TV because I don't like switching around stuff. Sure. But sure enough, Amazon comes out with some good TV shows that I want to watch. And there's no Amazon app on the Apple TV. And it's a whole different service. So I've got to figure out how to switch over to something on Amazon on my laptop to watch it. Hmm. You know, it's like Hulu, Netflix. Okay, yes, I got to pay monthly for each of these if I want the stuff. The more stuff starts getting disseminated, we're getting back to the whole world of cable channels. Yeah, absolutely. Where it's just, okay, well, if you want this package of these channels, you got to pay this much per month and this, this. And it's, it's, it's not the promise I think we were all hoping for when it became this, oh, everything's going to be available on the internet. We pick and choose the shows we want to watch and we pick and choose the things. No, it's still pretty much boiling down to certain channels that you either have or you don't have. And you got to pay extra for the channels you don't have. And some content is going to be on one channel and some going to be on another. Um, well, and it, I think it's, it's getting a little frustrating. I've heard comments. Friends have commented. I've heard, you know, seen things on Twitter about how people are frustrated with Netflix because they feel like the quality of movies that they get that are not like has gone down. Not original ones. Not original yes, movies. Netflix, but like the quality of, let's say like the newest Star Trek movie mm-hmm. or something like that. It takes forever if it ever gets to Netflix because – 
they're too busy doing TV shows like House of Cards or they're too, too busy producing content and not pulling in what people originally got Netflix for, which was movies. Well, and it's not even, it's not even that they're too busy because, you know, just landing a deal to secure film and put it on your service is a pretty, very little time is involved in that other than just wheeling and dealing the deals. Right. I think they're, I think the problem is, is that they don't want you to come onto their service and see the new Star Trek movie and the new other big movie and another other big movie that you've heard of, because then you're not going to watch their movies and their shows <laughs> because they want to have the front and center location. You know, when you open up Netflix, they want to be the ones on the what's new and yeah, see. what's trending type of row. So it's a little bit, I mean, I'm frustrated too, because I look through the archives. I'm like, well, I've pretty much already added all the films on Netflix. I want to see to my watch list there really aren't adding any more movies I'm interested in seeing very often. Hmm. Every once in a while, I may see one pop up that's like, ooh, that's new and that's interesting. I'll add it. But it's so rare right now. Um, it's really the stuff I'm going there to watch is more the original stuff they're doing. Um, so I don't, I don't mind that if Netflix wants to become like an HBO. Which I think you're right. I think that's, that's what HBO wants to do. HBO is showing archive stuff because they can and they got to fill some other programming time. But I guarantee you they'd be just as happy doing Game of Thrones, uh, Westworld, all the original shows they do. And if people only got HBO for the original shows, I think they'd be perfectly happy with that. Hmm. So then where do we go for online, like older movies? Like I hate saying older, but like six, nine months old that were in a movie theater not too long ago. Not to even mention. Without having to rent everything. Not to even mention classic movies. Yeah, Yeah. it's like the only way you can rent anything is literally by renting it from iTunes or something. There's Uh, Amazon Prime. No one's going to have a library because it's too expensive. Amazon Prime right now is probably the closest to you buy a subscription and you get a pretty good library of older films. So it's how Netflix used to be? Yeah, it's closer to that, and they seem to be growing their their collection a little bit more aggressively. Hmm. Now, they are putting up originals as well. They've got Transparent as a TV show that's winning awards and is good. I think Mozart in the Jungle. There's a couple other shows I think Amazon's doing that you get as a Prime member. But they still seem to be very, very focused on the archive of video, library, and movies that you can tap into. Hmm. But again, that's another service that you got to pay an annual membership to get to. It's... People who were upset about paying $100 a month for cable bills and saying, oh, screw that. I'm going to discontinue cable and come out so much cheaper and just do everything online. You just wait and see how much you're (laughs) spending in a few months and to get everything you want to get. Well, and I have to say, and I I don't do Amazon and I don't do Hulu. So the only thing I have is just Netflix. And I will say, if you're interested in documentaries, Mm -hmm. and I think... I wonder if this is going to be the year when Netflix wins for wins an Oscar for mm-hmm. a documentary because they've got some really they've got some really impressive ones. The two that I've seen recently, this kind of gets into recommendations, but not really. Mm-hmm. Still in news, but Thirteenth, which oh, was I've done by that, yeah. Ava DuVernay, who did mm-hmm. uh, Selma. Yep. It like you're saying, they released it to I think New York Film Festival, mm-hmm. and it played there. That was like their opening film. And then it slammed right onto Netflix. Um, And I got to see it, which was kind of cool. But I just happened to have a subscription. Mm -hmm. So that was really good. And then out of nowhere, um, I saw a documentary, Amanda Knox. Yeah. Which is a Netflix original, which I don't remember that whole crime case or a couple Mm -hmm. of years ago. I was very fuzzy on it. Kind of came back to me watching it. That thing's pretty... um, 
pretty disturbing and pretty yeah. amazing. Sure. So those are two really strong documentaries that Netflix has the rights to. So I'm wondering if this is, and if that happens, you know, who knows what, you know, with that kind of notoriety, who knows, maybe Netflix will just be original content and documentaries. Which, you know, <laughs> if they keep up the quality they're doing, I mean, they're not all going to be hits. They're not all going to be stellar. Some of them are going to have Adam Sandler in them. You know, it's just, <laughs> that's just going to happen. Sorry, Adam. He's got a deal where there's more movies coming out with him in there. Right. Um, but you know, I mean, even even going down to the, the the TV show side, the Marvel shows on there, which I think are really good, they're fun. They're they're a little more adult. They're a little more in, uh, just interesting to watch. Hmm. And I'm a huge House of Cards fan, so you know, I'm I'm locked in on Netflix. I'm, well, I'm happy and I have that. to say too, something that has me curious, and I wonder, having seen what they did with Blue Jay, mm-hmm. um. And I don't know, maybe they just thought, okay, we're going to get this on Netflix anyway. We own it. Let's see how much money we can make releasing it to iTunes first and then throwing it. Yeah. I don't know what their thinking was. Last thing I'll say, though, mm-hmm. Duncan Jones, mm-hmm. he gave us Warcraft this year. Mm-hmm. Have not seen it. I do want to see it at some point. Sure. I was hoping it would come to Netflix where I can see it for free, but I can yeah. rent it from iTunes. Right. But I do want to see it just because I'm a big fan of Moon and I really like Source Code. His next film, which I think I talked about as a news item on the show, mm-hmm. he's already shooting it. It's called Mute. Yep. Netflix has the rights to it. Yes, they do. So I'm wondering what, and it seems like kind of it has Paul Rudd in it. Mm-hmm. seems like it's going to be kind of a big budget type thing. Well, you think about it. They're ran- and it's science fiction. Yeah. It's kind of like a Brazil type thing. I'm wondering, you know, are you going to release this or is it going to go, or would it be like released in theaters like normally? It's just you have a huge Netflix logo up there <sighs> instead of like a... 20th century Fox. Like, I'm just, I'm curious. I, I wonder, this is my crazy speculation. I will say just a little mm-hmm. sudden. I am glad that he's able to do a really interesting looking movie after not having success with Warcraft. Yeah. Peep, he's still getting funding somehow to go do this movie. So. Well, I, uh, here's my theory about Netflix. Uh, and I don't want this to be the case, but I'm afraid <laughs> it will be. Okay. They, they, they started with TV shows and they started building it up. Well, actually they started with, older classic films or archive films. Right. Then they dip their toe in the water of TV shows. Their first couple TV shows weren't really that great. Lily Hammer. Lily Hammer. Yeah. A couple others. It's like a Sopranos knockoff. Yeah. But then it was like House of Cards. Okay. Now that was, that was quality for us. They're doing the same with documentaries. They tiptoed into documentaries. They Mm -hmm. did a few. Now they're getting some that are just wow. And these are going to be Oscar caliber documentaries. Yeah. I think movies are going to be the same way. They've dipped their toe in the water. They've done a few. They're doing the Adam Sandler ones because those are probably low risk for them. They can, you right. know, they know they're going to get the return on them. Right. But the like the Duncan Jones, that may be one of theirs to say, okay, this could be our house of cards where this really sets us as we are now a movie studio doing really good movies. Right. My fear is that at some point they have tiered subscriptions oh. where it's like if you want to have the newest releases of our the ones that we're producing before and not pay four ninety nine at iTunes for it or not to go see in the theater. You got to pay a higher level. But if you want all the archival stuff that we've had out for a while, mm. you pay this. That's what I'm fearful of. And I hope is not the case, yeah. but there is a model where they're not going to be able to keep pushing these films out to Amazon iTunes to sell them and still keep their subscriber base as happy as they because could people be. are going to get like irritated and be like, well, yeah. I could just, why would you go to a movie theater? If you're going to see the Netflix logo up there, if you paid 10, $15 a month for Netflix at home. Right. So I think they're testing the waters, but they're going to have to kind of figure out where they're going to fall on this thing. I think at some point, uh, I am perfectly happy for them to push brand new films out to Netflix. It's great. 
And if over time their monthly rate goes up a little bit because they're producing more original content and they become truly like an HBO, hmm. HBO you pay $15 a month for. Netflix is still in that 7 to 10 range. So, hmm. you know, are you going to pay for higher quality over time? If I find myself getting more entertainment out of Netflix on a regular basis and they're putting out even more original movies, if they want to charge me a couple bucks more, I mean, you know, I'm not going to balk too heavy on it. That to me, that's just like, okay, well, that's one less movie I got to rent on iTunes every month, you know? Hmm. So anyway. Interesting. We'll see what happens. This is a very interesting time for the whole film distribution right now. But I do love the fact that 30 seconds after deciding to watch a film, a brand new film, independent film, I can watch it. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, would I rather watch it in a movie theater? Yeah. <laughs> but do I? would I rather not pay $9, stand in line, and go and not know if it's going to be any good or not versus watching at home? It definitely was a better experience for them. So hmm. anyway, interesting conversation. Yeah. I'm sure we'll have more to say about it in future episodes as things continue to evolve with that, that situation. Are we ready to go to our recommendations? Let's do it, yep. All right, so this is at the end of the show. We always come up with our kind of a recommendation for something at the end of the show that we want to uh, highlight for you, a film that either we think you ought to catch back up on, maybe something that uh, slipped, fell under the radar for you, or just something we just want to revisit um, from years past that we just want to kind of bring back your attention to. And this is typically something we've watched recently. Mine is that case. I don't know if yours is, Chris, but as far as us likely watching it or if we're just recommending something from the past, either way. Um, so, okay, let me go first. Sure. It'll be all right. So I like animals. Talking animals. <laughs> this one is not a talking okay. animal, but I do like movies about animals. I have a soft spot in there. I have a soft spot for very sentimental sports movies. Mm. I have a soft spot for sentimental movies about animals. Mm. And then giant monsters destroying cities, which that, that doesn't come into play here. <laughs> so I had read a lot of reviews. And actually, I think that maybe even Roger Ebert had like a really stellar review of this film that I had heard about, but I didn't really pay much attention to. Hachi, A Dog's Tale with Richard Gere. Never heard of it. Okay. There you go. That's the, that's the key message here. So it was released in 2009, starring Richard Gere and Joan Allen. Okay. And it is a story about... A dog that is adopted by a college professor and his family. Hmm. And I don't know how much I should say about. It sounds like a Hallmark movie. It does. It does <laughs> sound like a Hallmark movie. Or it sounds I will like say a this. lesser known version of Marley and Me. It is a much better made than a Hallmark movie. And it's a much less sappy than a Marley and Me or something like that. Hmm. Okay. It's a little more a mature film about a family and their dog. And it does get sentimental. It does get emotional. It actually ends on, I think, somewhat of a down note compared to where I thought it was going to go. Hmm. But it's based on a true story. It's actually based on a story, a uh, story in Japan, I believe, like an Asian, uh, an Asian country where, and I, okay, this is not a spoiler because this happens like in the first third of the movie, but this, the whole rest of the movie is based on it. Gotcha. Basically, this is the story of a, it's a true story of a dog that is adopted by this, this gentleman who's a college professor, mm -hmm. the college professor, and he would develop a very strong bond. And then about a third of the way through the movie, the college professor dies, dies in an accident. Okay. And the family's traumatized by it. But he and the dog had this thing where every day he and the dog would walk to the train station together for him to go to work. And mm -hmm. the dog got taught so well that he would go to the train station with his owner 
Owner leaves on the train. The dog leaves to go home. Okay. Then in the afternoon, when the dog heard the train whistle in the distance and knew the train was coming, he would run to the train station and sit there and wait for his owner. Hmm. Owner's now dead. This is the dog, again, true story, that actually was still showing up at the train station every single day, Hmm. waiting for his owner to come off the train. Okay. Staying until late at night, like sitting there, just waiting. There's actually a statue that was built for this dog in that country where this happened. you say this happens in the first... 30 minutes. 30 minutes. I mean, it's really the key. I mean, if you read any of the summaries of the film, that's what it talks about. Huh. So... Um, yeah, I'm curious what the other, what the rest of the film could be because it doesn't seem like it would kind of end. Well, maybe point. halfway through the film is when it happens, but it's based on a true story that supposedly has some 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 uh, popularity behind it. Hmm. Anyway, I may have just spoiled it and ruined it for anybody watching it, but I don't <laughs> no, think that's a spoiler. I just think it's just no, that's kind of where the story is going. So it does become very emotional. Um, I just I thought this film was good. It's not great. But it's just to watch a film that is about a man and his dog and then not get so overly sappy or so overly cute and Mm. then just intentionally just jerk on your your heartstrings. This is at least a Mm. true story. They've adapted it for an American uh, 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 location, but it's still the exact same story of what happened in in Asia. And uh, it's just it's a little higher level class than some of these other dog movies that you could see. <laughs> okay. Um, so if you're in the mood for a dog movie. Yeah. If you're in the dog mood for a dog movie and you don't mind crying and being ah. very upset, I think it's a pretty good movie. Okay. Um, it's just, you know, you don't normally see a higher caliber film about this subject matter. So I gave it three and a half stars out of five. So I'm just saying it's not great. It's not perfect. Okay. But it is, I think, at least a somewhat interesting f- uh, film to watch. It's not one that the kids are just going to love because it's not super fun. It doesn't have like fun big montages of dogs going crazy and doing hmm. silly things. Okay. You know, and it does get pretty depressing you know, after a while. But I, I think it's a well made film. So, okay. Anyway, I'm hmm. recommending Hachi a Dog's Tale. Okay. Well, that that is interesting because I have never heard yeah. of that. So it's actually been on a couple of critics like their favorite like film of the last you know however many years. Hmm. Uh, a okay. few of them out there anyway. So yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to recommend a film that came and went in theaters. I think you can get it on iTunes and maybe you know Hulu or Netflix will be nice enough, benevolent enough to stream it eventually one day. Uh, but it came out in 2016. And let me read you a plot description before I tell you the title. Mm-hmm. A divorced father and his ex-con older brother resort to a desperate scheme in order to save their family's ranch in West Texas, eluding a local lawman. That's it. So it's like, okay, that seems pretty cut and dry, kind of boring. It's like a crime type thriller type thing. Mm -hmm. Well, the name of the film, because I think you should see it, which is why I'm recommending it, is Hell or High Water. Ah. And it stars Jeff Bridges as the lawman who's kind of the aging, grizzled lawman. Um, imagine if Big Lebowski became like a policeman. Not quite as funny as Big Lebowski because this isn't a comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a crime drama. But I really liked this film. I thought it was well shot. And it gave me a whole new appreciation for Chris Pine, who is yeah. Captain Kirk in the Star Trek movies, which I was kind of like, eh, take him or leave him. Mm-hmm. I think he's really good in this. Mm. Uh, ben Foster plays his ex-con older brother. Yeah. Um, and it's a very Ben Fostery role, <laughs> but I still I still liked it. Um, plus, the conclusion of this movie, kind of the end scene 
die and it's dialogue, but man, is it good. Really? And it couldn't have ended any better than how it did. It's just, to me, it was very satisfying. So hell or high water, highly recommend it. And if I could comment on this, it will actually be available online November 8th. So okay. we're recording this on October 20 something. Um, so <laughs> not too long after we publish this episode, you can actually check it out online. I've added it to my watch list. I personally think Chris Pine's really good. I think, I think Chris Pine gets a bad rap just because he's in a lot of big Hollywood movies and he's asked to play off his charms a lot, which is the whole Star Trek thing. Yeah. The yeah. Star Trek thing yeah. is let's make him kind of a cocky, suave guy, kind of like a, a James Kirk, but a newer version. Right. So he's very much typecast like that. Sure. But you're saying he's really good in this film. Uh, I think he's good. And, you know, gives me, we've, I think we hinted about it. Here again, going back to trailers and superhero movies, they're everywhere. But uh, he's in the Wonder Woman movie coming out. He is. And, he plays Steve Rogers. And, the, uh, yeah. Yep. And I think that could also be good because of that involvement in it. So. Yeah. But Hell or High Water is my recommendation. Check it out. Okay, absolutely. I, I added it to my watch list, and I know it came to the theaters for a short period of time, and I missed it when it was out there, but uh, luckily it'll be available soon. And I will say my recommendation is actually on Netflix. Like okay. a Netflix subscriber, if you get in the mood, you can actually watch it there. So, All right. So Hell or High Water and Hachi A Dog's Tale are two recommendations, two very different movies, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're all about variety here on Foot Candle Films. That's right. And, of course, we had our review of Blue Jay, which we both liked. I think I liked more than Chris, but we both are saying we liked it. Yeah. Um, so we both give it a thumbs up, a positive rating, whatever. We don't yeah. have a, we don't have our thing. I don't know. <laughs> you know, we don't have a thumbs up. We don't have our own star rating system. We just say, yeah, we liked it. Right. Well, <laughs> and do and we really we like, like it, it or do we yeah. like it less? Beware if we say we didn't like it. Cause then, you know, yeah. watch out. <laughs> I think we're pretty forgiving film yeah. reviewers. So for we us to say to we the didn't like a film means it really just had some issues with it. So right. yeah. And then we talked about some movie news as well. We talked about a lot of superhero sequels or, uh, yeah, I guess they were all sequels. Guardians of the galaxy, Deadpool, um, Logan, Logan, Talking about all those things. We talked about distribution of films. Um, so, yeah, so some good stuff to talk about there. Chris, if people wanted to give us some feedback, talk with us, engage with us in any way, what, what would be the way you would recommend they do so? You can jot us an email at info at the mesh.tv and just tell us what you think. If there's a movie coming out you want us to review or you disagree with one of our opinions, let us know. Um, the mesh.tv is also where you can go see. On that website, there are lots of other podcasts you can check out. In addition to, we have our podcast. I don't even know how many episodes we have oh now, gosh, but no. you can check out our back episodes. We've we, got a lot. You know how we, long we've been doing this show? I don't. God, it's been like 2011, 12? Oh, Okay. It's been like several years. Yeah, it's we've got a lot of episodes. And we so. do between probably 20 and 25 episodes a year. Something like that. Wow. So we're, we're over episode 100 possibly by now I think maybe we really need to have somebody check on that <laughs> <laughs> so you and I have both have so much free time why don't we just, know, we'll just yeah right? we'll take care of that in that free time Alan and I also post on letterboxd uh, where we talk about movies we've seen just kind of keep an ongoing journal about movies we've seen so yeah. that's another way you can try to keep up with what we're you can doing. pretty much just see what I watch you don't really know much <laughs> my thoughts about it other than Fair my enough. star ratings unfortunately I just uh 
need to make some more time to be a little more prolific in my writings online. So fair enough. Yeah. So yeah. And then the mesh, as he mentioned, is a, is a network of a lot of different shows, not just for candle films. So we do recommend check out the mesh TV where you can find our show. Plus a lot of other shows, some that I'm on as well. Other topics, they're all free. That's the great thing about it. It's a podcast. You subscribe to it. Uh, Give us some feedback online, all those great things. So, all right, Chris, I think that's it for today's show. Yeah, great. We will be back soon and we'll have uh, some more films to review and other movie news and recommendations to give. So, until then, uh, take care. We'll talk to you next time. See you in the ticket line. Special thanks to Carpal Tuller for the show theme music. For more about Carpal Tuller, visit www.carpaltuller.com. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard. So, Chris, how would you fix Blue Jay? So here's the thing. As I hinted at, Creep is pretty much a thriller, which is weird to see Mark Duplass in that type thing. Although he made the Lazarus effect, I think, recently, which was supposedly a really bad horror movie. Didn't see that one, but did see Creep in it. There's some dynamics going on, kind of some freaky stuff going on. I expected, you know, it could have taken a turn where, like, he maybe killed his mom. <laughs> oh, wow. You were going really dark oh, with that. Oh, yeah. boy. Because it just, like... You, you thought was, they were going to go really there twisted. This, yeah. There was this mm. tension, and you'd kind of set me up for the fact there's going to be something towards the end that yeah, kind of changes I really stuff. wish I hadn't read or well, said that. Well, no, I mean, you would have kind of figured it was kind of coming... No, but it affected me, because I kept trying to think, what is it, this big thing that they're going to learn so about? I kept thinking, like... He killed his mom. Wow, that would and they were gonna. She was gonna like that was wild. She was gonna and see. I think that would have been amazing because that's the type of thing that Mark Duplass can do, and an independent film can do. Is you have this whole film that's built on nothing but like this relationship thing, and there is this good thing, and then you know he goes to the bathroom and she keeps wandering around the house and sees his mom like lying in a bed dead, and she's like, "Wow, "Uh, what just happened?" Like, you know, and like then the whole movie grid, you know, you feel like you've been cheated, but then it just takes this whole another direction. Like, I don't know. Instead of that going would have been for, pretty crazy. I mean, I would have liked it. It's just it would have been. Yeah, it would have been crazy. Spoiler territory because we're that's yeah, what this sure. is. You know, they basically he just kind of throws up to her like, why did you go and have the abortion? Yeah, they actually, you know, had we're going to have a kid and he freaked out. They were in high school. She didn't know what to do. And, you know, yeah. and then that's basically what drove them apart. Yes. So I think. Yeah, I feel like you could kind of see some big tension thing coming. My my so. whole issue with the ending, I, I like I liked your your thought there. That would have been a really <laughs> very different but very or, interesting film. Or side note, what if they're continuing having their night and right after they have their fake anniversary dinner, his mom comes like walking in and he's lied to her and like his mom's actually alive. <laughs> There was no, like, and he he was basically, at, maybe he is from out of town. He came into town to, like, really just try steal to connect some, with her. Or to try to, try to connect with her. Or she, get or, some of his mom's or stuff. Or get some of his stuff from his wow. mom's house. Yeah. And he just happens to see her in the grocery store, fabricates this whole thing, thinks his mom is maybe out of town for the weekend, 
And, and maybe that's why he's there. His mom's going to be out of tag. And he was crashing there because he's like this loser. And his mom comes walking in. Wow. And she's like, that would have been pretty what well the heck? Like, and yeah. that there again, it's like, and that would have been a le- that wouldn't have taken it down the dark path of, no. I guess, the horror movie, which is a little too extreme for it this. It almost becomes a little comical, almost. Uh, but the lying, yeah. the lying about their mother, because he, you can tell he has issues and he never was really yeah. able to get over her. And so that would have worked better. Maybe just to, maybe not kill the mom, but lie about her being dead. And just in like, case anybody is listening to amazing. this and have not watched this movie, but it's just one of those people that likes to hear spoilers. Please understand <laughs> the movie is nothing like what we're describing no. right now. <laughs> okay, so no. there's no, there's no death. There's no, no uh, murder no. or anything. No, 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 no. So basically we do have a situation like Chris said, where, you know, we, we know there's something that has, that drove this couple apart. Right. And they're very uneasy at first coming back together. Right. They're a little unsure about how to be around each other. Then they fall into their familiar groove. But the whole time there's something hanging over their heads. And what I was mentioning is, you know, when they're listening to old cassette tapes that mm-hmm. they had recorded back when they were younger. Right. There's a whole section of that. They're pretending like they're having their big 20th anniversary right. on the tape. Right. And they specifically mentioned kids that they had. And once they mentioned that, you see both of their faces kind of they were smiling, listening to this tape, and then they both just stop. And there's this real uneasy tension. See, I have to be honest. I didn't pick up on the yeah. fact that the, I thought like as they kept listening, they got maybe more sentimental because she has kids and he doesn't in how right. they're married now. I didn't pick up on that's no, that's That's, that's why I got it right away. The fact that both of them huh. just kind of stopped. I'm like, okay, something is something drove them apart. This was in high school. They were young. Hmm. I bet you anything is they had to have an abortion. Right. And I didn't, I didn't know it was going to be that she went and had it without really talking to talking him. To him and it. that's what really drove him apart. I just knew something about an abortion probably is what was going on. Right. And uh, then, yeah. And I, the reason I guess the scene where, where Duplass just kind of breaks down, I just felt, I mean, Suzanne and I talked it about just, my wife. He and breaks I talked down about in the house. Like yeah, just, yeah. 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 They're basically, um, getting intimate with one another, which mm-hmm. kind of felt like after the whole course of the evening, oh, it was leading the thing that is, point. I've, I was going to be so excited if that never happened because yeah. this whole movie, you kind of feel like, Oh yeah, she's away from her husband. Yeah. He's there. Like they've all, and like, you just feel like there's magic there and they well, rekindle it, everything. And you're like, but okay, I, think it I did know the right where thing. this is I mean, going. But you know, right. you, you put alcohol in the mix, you put them laughing and dancing and all that. Yes. It's going to lead there, right. but it did stop, it you did. know? And thank, I thought that was, that was a very, <laughs> a very natural thing. Right. The way she reacted once she realized, well, I, this is not what I wanted to have right. happen out of this. Right. But then that's what led them to the discussion about the abortion. I just felt like his breakdown scene, it was, it was just seemed a little more, Hey, let, let me shoot. Let me aim for the fences here and really go over the top and really be dramatic with this scene. Right. And I just didn't feel like it warranted that from the rest of the movie. We know he's a little on edge. We know he's got some issues. We know he's got some anger issues. And his mom just died. His mom just died. He did not kill her. But having the, <laughs> yeah, right, having the breakdown he did, I get it. It's been bottled up in this guy for a long time. Right. But it was 15, 20 years ago. You know, I understand him being upset. I understand him being frustrated. I understand him being saddened. But it just seemed way too over the top emotional. For the rest of this to work with the rest of the movie, and then you. obviously that raised her emotions. So that's why that whole breakdown scene is just like, ugh. you know, it just I just don't feel like this is natural anymore. You right. know, where I felt like the whole rest of the movie was so natural, 
But it did redeem itself when it got back to the parking lot with the last shot because I did and feel like that became that was more of what I wanted is that yeah, dialogue they the have there. The parking lot felt you know. a lot more natural. And you know, here again, we're spoiler territory. We both yeah, yeah. like the movie, so mm-hmm. if you're listening to this, but I like the way how you know they they're kind of you don't know what is going to end up happening because they're kind of at both of their cars or you know, but before they even say goodbye or whatever, it just cuts to black. Well, what it cuts and to, and that yeah. was very very well, it cuts very to, She starts crying. Which the she kind does. of the comment earlier in the film was that she was on some depression medication yeah. and she hasn't cried in a really long time. Right. She starts crying. He starts laughing. They right. both start laughing about the fact that she's crying and then cut. That's it. Right. It's like, yes, that worked. Out. That was, yep. <laughs> you know, if nothing else, you could walk away from the film saying that it let her tap into some emotions that maybe she hasn't tapped into in a long time. Right. It let him get something out of his system that he hasn't had a chance to get out of his system. And if they part ways and never see each other again they still both got some closure to the situation that they hadn't had for a really long time. Well, so that's why I took away from the film. That's why I liked it ultimately. Yeah, I just, agreed. I really wish that one scene in the kitchen, that breakdown scene had just been handled a little bit more delicately than what they allowed it to do. Agreed. So, but I do like your, your ideas for the alternative. <laughs> they need to release a DVD version, like with alternate right. endings and it just go completely off the rails Bonkers, in a yeah. different direction. And I think give you two options. Do you want to go way off the rails, the <laughs> oh, thriller horror yeah. thing with him killing his or mom? just a little off. Or do you want it to be like yeah. a little off? That's, yeah. That would be funny. So, That's really cool. Yeah. Okay, good. End of spoiler time. I still say go see it. Even if you've oh, yeah. just heard our whole description, you know the whole film now. So it's still worth seeing. Or you can spite Netflix and wait till it comes on Netflix and not Yeah, you know what? That actually may not be a better idea. Send spite a message them. to Netflix. Because <laughs> honestly, if I had known it was a Netflix film before I clicked the rent button, I may have texted you and said, hey, let's not do this one. This is stupid. <laughs> so, we'll see well, it in a month or two We'll see anyway. it on Netflix. So anyway. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you guys next time.